This is High Stakes from Gerard Phillips, Kate and Hancock. Welcome to High Stakes, I'm David Schifrin. The challenges for healthcare providers continue and they continue to evolve. The messages that need to be delivered by hospitals and health systems are confusing, even counterintuitive. Here, David Gerard talks to Tim Stewart, a VP in our national and academic health system practice about those awkward messages. As always, please subscribe to High Stakes on Apple Podcasts or wherever you prefer to listen and do us a favor and tell two colleagues about it as well. I thought it'd be fun actually just to have a conversation about the awkward place that our hospital clients and the industry is in right now. Because we've had so many conversations about the almost illogical messages that they have to deliver and how they can deliver it today. There's there's the, the message of we have to lay off the staff, but our patient volumes are returning. And we've got to close these services, but we're going to buy this hospital. So all the all the traditional messaging of we're going to, this is our vision and we're building toward these things. And so therefore we're going to do X seems to be breaking down a little bit. How do our clients and other people, other leaders in the industry uh, deal with that? How do they think about it? How do they explain it and succeed through it? That's one thing I'd love to talk about. The other thing I'd like to talk about is the position our, our industry is in related to COVID and the coronavirus today versus where they were in 100 days ago or even 75 days ago, sort of at the height of the crisis. I mean, our research and other research show that they were trusted and sort of the centerpiece of community pride and got a lot of support from the community. And I'm wondering with this second, we can call it a second wave or the renewed first wave or whatever it is, do we still have that trust or are we in a more precarious position? Well, let's start with the first one. And maybe the first question is, are, are you are you finding your clients and others in the industry having to deal with this this odd, almost counterintuitive messaging that they're having to deliver? And how do we help them? Yeah, I think that it it is a it's a difficult balancing act right now for hospitals and health systems, I think for a number of reasons. One is that the public at large and certainly the media is become over the last 100 days or 110 days or six months um, considerably more conversant in the business of healthcare and how healthcare is delivered and paid for in some respects. I think that we from inside uh, healthcare sort of take for granted some of the the financial pressures and and how how things are paid for. I think for a lot of people, the reality of shutting off electives means shutting off the financial hose was news to some degree. I think for a lot of consumers of healthcare, I don't think that they had a sense of how closely linked those two were. And so that's where I I think, David, to your point about whether some of that trust that we saw in the, the immediate dawn of COVID is eroding. I think this is what we would have anticipated, that it is eroding for mm-hmm. systems because the the business interests have been front and center. The doctors and nurses continue to be doctors and nurses providing care. 
the systems are the bad guys, furloughing employees, in some cases being talked about rushing to get electives turned back on. That's been a story in Texas the last couple of days. So I think the the business interests of healthcare systems are under a closer microscope than than probably they've been any time that I can recall. And I'll add, I think that's true uh, with external audiences. I think it's also true with internal audiences. I'm not sure that the, the, the many of the staff and nurses and physicians have had to think necessarily about these elements of the business. And as these organizations having to make are having to make some very difficult decisions about some of the changes that they're that they're making, I think we're finding that one of the first key audiences is just explaining that to our own people, to ourselves. Yeah, well, and um, one of the things that I was thinking about is a, another vulnerability that I think is unique to this moment and to uh, COVID, and that is that a lot of the suits with, with the health system have been working from home, and uh, you know a lot of people that we talk to are not in the hospital every day. They're not walking the halls because there's a pandemic raging and it's the right health advice to keep as many people home as possible. But then you're a little more separated from the conversations from the caregivers and what Mm -hmm. the feeling is on the floor. You're a little more separated from the pulse of the organization. And so I think it's a, it's a really challenging moment and everyone's gotten a little bit better about at the technology and finding virtual ways to stay connected. But I think there's, I have not heard this firsthand, but I would assume that there are a lot of places where an us versus them divide between the clinical staff and the administration has been deepened by this because the, the former are out there every day fighting the virus and, and treating patients with all sorts of other things. And the latter are maybe working from home, doing the right thing, but just not physically there. So the the intentional relationship building has to be part of the sort of education that we're talking about. People aren't going to trust their leaders unless they see a concerted effort to build a relationship. Hopefully, in a lot of cases, that relationship already exists, but where it doesn't, probably get to work. Don't you also think that doctors and nurses have some, some sense of, of their credibility and, and power now as well. Um, I, I think there's some risk for some systems that if they're not able to align that, that power with them, they'll find themselves on the other side of the table from the doctors and nurses who are delivering their own message. Do you find that as, as well? Uh, so I, no, I think that, uh, the, the systems that you're able to leverage the, the credibility of their, doctors and nurses are ones that have been putting in the work to build those relationships for years. And so the ones who are catching up right now are the ones who are more at risk, who who have maybe, you know, there's a lot of places that have been moving fast and, and breaking things. And they've been the only game in town. They've been collecting physician practices. They've been, you know, the the destination place for nurses and they've, they've kind of wielded that maybe not always graciously. And so they are now having to play catch up because the, the glow of 
the care provided over the last several months will continue to attach to the doctors and nurses deservedly so. And the all of the downside accrues to the health system, who is, you know, a monolith and an institution in a time where nobody likes institutions and are making big financial decisions that are impacting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have those relationships built with doctors and nurses, I think it's going to be hard to use them as a, as a reputation shield right now. I I love your word glow, that they're the the glow of the results from the great work that they've done. And I think going into this, there was a a bit of glow for hospitals. And I wonder as we, as we come out a hundred days later, if that same glow is there and it'll be as valuable to us as we go through the next round and still don't have the PPE that we need and still don't have uh, X, Y, and Z. I'm not, I'm not sure the lessons that we learned the first time are still the right lessons this time. I think the water has continued to, to get hotter for um, our hospitals. Um, I, I think four weeks ago, we were, we were beginning to see a rhythm and a path and electives were returning. And even in 28 days, the world has changed with the civil unrest and the return in some markets of the, of the virus, there's, there's a, there's a second wave of pressure, whatever we call it with the virus, there's a second wave of pressure on our, on our institutions to, to do well and be ready. And I'm not sure given the stress in the populace, there's, there's as much grace as there once was for our hospitals. Yeah. And I, I... And along those lines, you mentioned sort of everything that's happened in this country since George Floyd was killed. And I I do think that another piece of this is that our hospitals and health systems are often among the most diverse employers in their community. You know, everybody works at the hospital. And so the reverberations of that and also the, the questions about health equity and and how healthcare is delivered and how you know cultural determinants of health all of these issues that are directly related to the racial history of this country and and where we are right now are all pressing down on healthcare while a pandemic is happening so yes. it, it's it's all happening right now it's all which which may help explain why some of the messages our systems are feeling like they have to deliver don't follow the logic of the kind of messaging they've been delivering for a decade or for 20 years or for forever. It's, it's such an odd time. And the, the actions that the organizations are having to take are for survival. And they feel, I think, sometimes very incongruent to the moment. That's hard, that's hard for, for organizations to do. So if they're having to deliver messages like that, our, our volumes are increasing, but we've got to lay off staff. We've got to buy this, but we can't spend money on that. How, do, how, do we, how can we advise them on how to think about who to be and what to say? Well, I think one of the things, so one of the things that we were talking about earlier is how much more information about the business of healthcare people have. And it was made a really good point about that being true internally as well, but they don't have all of the information and they don't have all of our story or where we're going. And so I I think that there's a responsibility and an opportunity now for 
smart health systems to really focus on educating their starting with their internal audiences, which is always our recommendation, but educating their people and their key stakeholders about where they're going and why. And so people have a little bit more information about how the business of these major health systems works. Let's give them a little bit more. Let's give them a little more context to why we're pursuing, you know, growth. I mean, that that's the next wave of this, I would imagine, is a, a, a number of mergers and acquisitions, a, a bunch of activity in the partnership space. We've been talking with our friends about that. And, and I think that mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of questions there for systems that are acquiring or partnering and have been doing furloughs and layoffs and other cost-cutting measures over the last several months. Why are you doing this? What? It, who does it serve? And so, I mean, I think the opportunity is right now to start educating people on what it means to what, where we see ourselves two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, that the virus is clarifying in a lot of ways. And I'm sure there are a lot of CFOs and other strategy executives who are, are seeing a different five-year plan than they did six months ago. So let's start telling people what that is. I love that. We are significant advocates of transparency in our firm. We believe the more the more you know, the better. And I think there's often assumption we find in our health systems that naturally our physicians and nurses and staff know certain things. They, they assume a, a base of knowledge and that their decisions will be based in some context. I think what they sometimes find is that assumption is exactly wrong. The nurses are great at being nurses and doctors are great at being doctors, but the business of healthcare and the business of the hospital and the, the actions that need to happen to assure sustainability and growth are are not known and not assumed. And so having a, a, a almost an education platform is a, a really smart communication effort to be waged right now. People cannot know enough, I think, not only of the kind of care they're delivering, but the, the business behind it. Because I think the business for a lot of these organizations is at risk. And for people to understand the risk taking that has to happen, they have to understand some fundamentals. It's a place to start. It may sound, it may take a little time, but no time like the present. Uh, I think particularly from lawmakers, regulators, and media, we're going to find scrutiny uh, of the the actions of hospitals and health systems, not just what they're doing today, but what they have been doing for the last hundred days. And it's been a, it's been a mess as people have tried to figure it out. And it's been um, all over the place in terms of what you should do and, and what you shouldn't do. And policies have been put in place and actions have been put in place. The best things that we could think of to do in the moment, but in, in 2020 hindsight, right, may not be the best things to have done given what we know now. But that's this kind of scrutiny that we're going to receive and that our health systems are going to get. So it has... As an additional burden to the work that we have now, it's understanding what we have done and what we've learned from it. So when the time comes for us to tell that story, and it'll come for every one of our systems, they've got to be able to speak with some confidence about why they did, what they learned from it, and what they're doing now. Yeah, and and that's I mean that's a great point, and I think that part of it is all of it is being proactive about telling that story. And, and so that's the through line of yeah. the stuff that we're talking about. And I think that the, 
the danger right now is that people are exhausted and have been talking about the same sorts of things for months. They they feel in some places sort of under siege from media and from the public. And there's probably some tendency among those people to be like, all right, can we just take a break? This year's been a decade. So can we, can we just relax for a little bit? And this is the moment where you can't, I mean, because I think when the dust settles, all of the things that you were just talking about, David, are going to be coming at them. And so now is the time to start educating, to be proactive about telling your story about the last hundred days, about the last two years, about the next five years. Like people need to know who we are, what we stand for, where we're going. I agree with that. And I'll add to that. I think there's a special role for board members to play here because the burden, particularly the last hundred days, has been carried so much by administrators on down to the, the line nurses and the ER staff. Um, walking the halls and the command centers in 24-7. And, and I'm sure there's some boards who have been very active here. But the kind, some of the kinds of the messaging we're, talk about, we're talking about is the big picture stuff, the integrity of the organization, its purpose, and its, its, its essential nature for the community that they serve. And that's certainly something for administration and others to carry and physicians and nurses to carry with great credibility. But there's a special opportunity for board members who may have been quiet in the past or sequestered in the past or not wanting to get in the way of administration who can step up and be a, a fighter for their organizations at a time when I think there's going to need to be some some fighting in a, in a positive advocacy um, kind of way. Okay, David. So this is a lot. And given all of this, what's our recommendation? What do we tell our clients right now? First is know your story. Know what you've done, know what you are doing, and know the challenges that you face. And with that story, tell it. Tell it to your internal audiences. Tell it externally with with clarity and with great repetition. You can't communicate enough right now. There'll be there are plenty of voices speaking into this. And as the as the work continue to surge through and challenge uh, healthcare as, a, as an industry, the mistake would be to be silent or the mistake would be to assume that you can rest on goodwill that was created 10 years ago or six months ago or 100 days ago. You've got to be refilling that well. People are exhausted. So the work is even harder uh, than it would have been normally. But that doesn't relieve us of the duty and the need to do that for the sake of the of the mission that we have to, to serve our uh, community. And I think in this, there is a there is a new and maybe a special role for board members to get off the sidelines if they've been on it and get into the game in, in concert with administration and their organization, but be part of the hard work to assure the sustainability of their organization. Totally agree. Define yourself before someone else defines you. It's a, it's a political year, right? It is a political year. We haven't even discussed politics. Still summer. <laughs>